Well, here we are in First Thessalonians chapter four. It's a much mistranslated chapter. And I'm here with Timmy and Saturday, everybody, Timmy. Hi, everybody. Timmy, we're going to just go through the verses, but I'm just going to comment on them, and you can read along as I say something about it, right, Tammy? And sure. Okay, so here's Paul, and he's talking to the Thessalonians, and in verse 1, this is a letter he writes. He goes, Furthermore, then we ask you, brethren, and we strongly urge you. That's what exhort means. Did you ever wonder what that word exhort means? What's it say in your Bible? Exhort. So that means strongly urge you. To stay within the Lord. This word, uh, read, read yours. I want, I'm curious how you Mine says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. That's a, that's a good translation. That's not the King James. What do you have there anyway? What kind of Bible? I have the New King James Version Study Bible. Oh, where they, um, it's translated into a little bit more modern-day English. So that's the same message there. Is Paul's asking these people, he's saying, we ask you, brethren, and we strongly encourage you to stay within the Lord, to stay within His parameters, within His instruction. And just like when you received of us, we told you how to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. You continue studying and you get to know and be familiar with the word and you stay within it. You get to know the laws and the commandments and God's instructions. Verse 2, for you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they, they got taught them. Paul taught them. He, he established his church. 3, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. What do you got there, Timmy, for verse 3? And it says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. That's right. And you know, in this Bible, it says fornication. And the word fornication comes from the word porn, porneo. And it means illicit, illicit sexual acts. And sanctification means signify. You signify yourself to God and to others and to yourself. You signify who you are. You signify that you're a Christian person. That's what sanctified. Sanctification means set yourself aside morally and physically. Are those two the same things? No. Okay. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. That means continually signify that continually signify your your morality. You just try and be uh, pure and morally pure and blameless and set yourself aside. Just set yourself aside. What do, what do you have for that? Yeah, that's... I had a note here. I just can't read it. You're setting an example. Okay, so if you... Every one of you should know how to possess this vessel. That means to eat to get control of yourself. Like the flesh lusts after things. And you just try and control yourself. That's what it says. Just don't go off and just be have barnyard morals and just don't care. Just go do whatever your flesh tells you to do. And those are doggies. They're chewing the bones. And I guess that's going to 
That's fine. Okay, verse 5. Not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which don't know God. And this means you don't go around acting like this. And this applies today. You don't set your heart upon longing and lusting and coveting after things. You don't set your heart upon... Just be careful what you set your heart upon. What's your Bible say? It says, Not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. Okay, so Tammy went on to a new subject there. Verse 5 was finishing up verse 4 of the subject about sanctifying yourself. Verse 3, 4, 5 are how you spiritually or physically and morally set yourself aside as examples. You don't go around acting or acting out on lusting and coveting and and, um, and just immoral acts. Verse 6 is something else. It goes how to treat each other. Then don't go defrauding people. Don't go around ripping people off. And God's the avenger. God is. God will uh, take vengeance on them. There's no unsolved mysteries, and vengeance belongs to God, and that's written. It's written right here. Verse 7 For God hath not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. And don't read over that, because only God is truly holy. But he's, God's is the example, the prime example, and you try and follow that. He gives us these instructions. Verse 8. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. Now that, that verse needs some work. What do you got, Tammy? Verse 8. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Okay, so there's, that's not a very good translation either. This is what it, what it means. We're talking about... God's instruction and how to get along, how to get along in society and with each other and how it applies today. It's the same thing, right, Tammy? Mm-hmm. And th- what this means here is, is if, if there's laws out there and civil laws, we have to obey them just so we can get along. And this is what this word despiseth means. This, it means to deprive a law of force by opinion. It means act out opposed to it. It means to take a prudent law and make it ineffective because you decide to act morally wrong and you get a whole bunch of people like a special interest or something and you, and you just make it... Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Right. Well, finish your thought. Oh, yeah, okay. So my thought is to deprive a law of force by opinion or acts opposed to it. It means to take a prudent law, some law that means something, a law that morally means good for the community, and we're just going to make that law get ineffective. Let the Holy Spirit possess your body, not other people's trains of thoughts. Nine, but as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for ye, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Just brotherly love, just be cool about stuff, be nice to each other. Verse 10, and indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. So let's just see how this applies then. 
Paul set up a church. You're going to increase more and more. If you, if you follow those instructions that he just said, keep your morals good. Stay within the parameters of Jesus Christ. He is the volume of the book. So you stay within God's instructions and you love each other and treat each other good. And you will increase more and more. And they did. The book of Thessalonians or the church of Thessalonians did increase. And today, those are all applies to us. We'll all increase as a many member body. And we will be at, have, a, have a peace that other people don't understand. And they compare it to the Gentiles here. People without God, I should say. Okay, now we're getting into the last bunch of verses. Here's a great verse. And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. What a great verse. What do you think of that, Tammy? Yeah. Like, what a great verse. Yeah. Like have, a, have a quiet, humble life. Keep to yourself. You know, you're, you have no business in other people's business. Yeah, mind your own business. And, and you, mm-hmm. you know, like, you you work hard. You work with your hands. You work hard. You lead that quiet life. And that's what you're commanded to do. Yeah, and there's more to it. When you study, you don't go around and start thumping it around because you just memorize a couple of verses or you heard something that's like in a good catchphrase. That's when you humble yourself and you study not to be loud. You study to be quiet. And when someone asks you a question, you're ready with it, right? But you don't go around, I'm a Christian now, and, you know, make a big scene. It's okay to, it's okay to ha- be proud mm-hmm. to be a Christian, but there's a difference between being a proud Christian and a loud, over-the-top, Bible-thumping Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Attend to your own affairs, is what that verse says. Verse 12, that you may walk honestly towards them that are without, and that you may lack of nothing. And verse 11, verse 11 and 12 go together. And when you walk honestly towards someone that's without, if they're without the word of God, or if they're asking, what does this mean in here? What does this verses mean? What does this chapter mean? You, you're not without. You're with, and you lack nothing, and you're able to communicate God's message to them. And that's what that verse means. God will provide you with what you need. You don't worry. There's no worrying allowed. Okay, here's the greatest verses ever. 13 to 18. And you're not going to believe how simple this is, Tammy. And you're not going to believe how many people get so many theories out of this. It's just bizarre. But that's fine. Verse 13. Do you want to read yours? But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, Concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Okay, watch this. Watch how, watch how easy this is. Now, you have to get rid of all the traditions you've heard and get right down to the bare bones of what's written here. First off, this is a new subject here. Don't be ignorant. That means, what's that mean, Tammy? Don't be, don't be ignorant. Just means just that. Yeah. She's chewing that right beside the microphone. (laughs) I think 
don't be ignorant, okay? There's, I'm going to tell you something. Don't be ignorant what I'm going to tell you. It concerns those who have passed on. People that have, you know, had a funeral and they're, they, they're dead. Their, their flesh bodies is dead. They've passed on. That you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now, you don't sit around and feel sorry for these people because they're with the Father right away. This is the subject, okay? Where are the dead people? And when Jesus comes back, okay? It's very simple. And this applies today. We're waiting for Jesus Christ to come back. And we have the instructions of what book we're going to be in if we follow their instructions. It's just the guidelines to life. And this is going to happen. Okay, so don't be ignorant concerning those who have passed on. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, we believe Jesus died and rose again. This is verse 14. And also those that have passed away in the flesh are now in their spiritual bodies. They are with Christ in their spiritual bodies. It's as simple as that. God brings them through Jesus. Everybody is brought to the Valley of Jehoshaphat when Christ returns. God uses Christ to bring everybody. Everybody who's passed on. That's verse 14. Verse 15. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. This is this is this is this easy. Us today, if Jesus Christ came today and we're still in these flesh bodies, we're still alive, we're not going to be with Christ before all those people that have already passed on because they're already with Christ. Do you see the lesson there? Yeah, my I like the way my Bible says it. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Yeah, that's so right. we don't go before those who are asleep. They're already with Yeah. Because we haven't passed on. No. Because we haven't passed on. When Christ returns, we're not going to precede those people if we're still alive in the flesh. If we die, like if I if I drop dead tomorrow, and there's and then I've passed on, then I'm with Christ right away, instantly with. Now, are you on the good side or bad side? And is good books or bad books? That's another that's another subject for another time. We're just saying where you go instantly. Is that simple enough, Tammy? Yeah. How it applies to That's us today? That's very simple. I know. Isn't it just a great thing? 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Okay. This is where we get huge amounts of problems. People try and translate this. Let's just open this the way it is. The Lord himself shall descend. That's where he's coming. He's, he's, not, he's not ascending up from underneath us. He's, Jesus Christ is coming from above. When he returns, he comes from heaven with a shout. It's not going to be like, he's not going to come in some back door somewhere. It's going to be a big announcement. It's the trumps. With the voice of an archangel, as we read in Revelation, there's a lot being said. 
when uh, when he comes, like, like my pillow. <laughs> from from heaven and with the vo voice and with the trump of God period okay you just put a period there or a colon they put a colon here but when they when they wrote the Bible there was no periods or what do you call that, those things period explanation marks punctuation yeah there was no punctuation so just that's where it stops the next sentence the dead in Christ shall rise first because they are already there. They shall stand forth first. They're in conversation with Christ first because they're already there. This word in Christ means stand forth unto conversation to, to take care of some business. That's what, it, that's what that one word means. And it says they shall rise first. Well, yeah, every knee will bow, and those guys are getting, are there first. They're first okay. in line. Yeah. Okay, well, it's just so easy. 17. Then we, then, <clears throat> then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall ever be with the Lord. At the seventh trump, we're instantly done with these flesh bodies and into our spiritual bodies. That flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So as we're sitting here today, and okay, good. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. This is just clouds of people. Now let's let's just remind us we're not going down. We're going to be there's so many people there's in our spiritual bodies. There's so many. And this word clouds is a figure of speech that's commonly used in the Bible. In here, it's used in Second Thess or First Thessalonians chapter four, Isaiah chapter fourteen, Hebrews chapter twelve, and it means clouds of people. It's just so many people, it's like cloud people. It's like you know when you see a bunch of birds together, they actually make a cloud on the ground, a bunch of locusts. It's just an expression. We translate within the Bible, that's what it means. It was used many times before as a figure of speech. And we meet the Lord in the air. The air, of course we meet Him in the air. The air contains all life. And we talked about that the other day, right, Tammy? Air contains a spiritual body. Air contains all life. All-encompassing. Right. All so that's no big deal. And we shall be with the Lord forever and ever. Wherefore comfort each, wherefore comfort one another with these words. And there you have it. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Very good. That was pretty simple. But I admit that it took me years to figure that out. Like, I, I know. I know there's squirrels living in this. It took me so long because of how many traditions were, were seared into my mind about things like rapture theories, pre-lib or pre-trib, Tribulation, mid tribulation, post tribulation. It's very clear here. When we gather back, and it's at the seventh trump when Christ returns. That means the sixth is when Antichrist comes like Satan in his full power. <laughs> it's just been such a noisy dog all night. She hasn't sat down for one second.
And now she wants to sit down. And Christ comes with a show that's Christ hailing his command. Hailing his commandment. Every knee shall bow. Man's tradition makes void the word of God. There's no messing that up. Thank you, Tammy. That was the greatest thing. I spent a lot of time on this over the years. On just this. And it's I didn't see it in its simplicity because of so many traditions that have been seared in my mind. I know, you have to get rid of everything. It says in the Bible you have to be you have to learn like you're a child. And a child looks up at his teacher or his parents and you can tell them anything. They're just sponges, they've just absorbed. But a child doesn't look up and go, yeah, well, I, I learned this in kindergarten today, and mm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, you were like that, weren't you? <laughs> shut this off here. Yes, shut that off. All right.